And we are back. The year is 1998. Patch Adams is smugly, ever so smug, racking up all the big money in the box office. So somebody needs to dock that doctor down a peg. That somebody was Godzilla. That's right. Godzilla 1998 will be covered tonight on Movie Premieres Unlimited. And I'm joined by my fashion spurt, M. What's happening? This is the year of Godzilla. It's 1998. Something big is happening. And Gabby Hoffman went to the prom or ran a 5K or did both. <laughs> Godzilla might fit into uh, Steve Harvey's suits pretty well. That's how big he is. He's a <laughs> larger than life. And I'm also joined by my buddy who's covering for Andrew today. And, and what a cover this is. This is like... Um, this is like Wade Boggs replacing Lenny in the Mr. Burns baseball team here. No offense, Andrew. You're my buddy. I love you. But we got Jack Allison of, most of you know him from Alex Mack or his real world <laughs> appearance. Right. But uh, I know him as a friend. Yeah. How's, how's it going, Jack? Good, good. Thank you for that uh, lovely intro. Uh, I, I'm very excited to talk about the, uh, the Godzilla who was most featured in Taco Bell in history. Yeah, did you there? Now there's decoder things. There's a decoder message when you get a large drink from Taco Bell. You rip mm-hmm. the thing off, and I think you needed like not a magnifying glass, but some kind of code to see if you want a free <laughs> soft drink or. I mean, most of us just won cinnamon twists. We weren't ballers. Did you win the big prize? I don't remember winning the big prize, but I do remember what was very funny to me about the Taco Bell cups is that they made a big deal about not showing Godzilla in any of the trailers, and then he was just on all of the cups. His face was was on every cup. Yeah, (laughs) his face was. You know, it was on there. You know, you need to show something. You need to show. I feel like he. I thought he looked pretty cool. I think the new Godzilla, and I hope this doesn't bother anybody, but. I think he resembles uh, Big Chungus a little bit. Are you familiar with the lore <laughs> of Big Chungus? No, I think that that was actually said by Japanese people. I, I, I remember uh, uh, that's no, not they didn't call him Big Chungus, but <laughs> I do think that they. Yeah, no, this is from. Uh, uh, you're talking about the the Cranston Godzilla, right? Yes. All of the yeah. So this is from an article in May 2014. Uh, Fans of the original film aren't originally aren't exactly thrilled with the look of the new Godzilla. In fact, some fans are downright annoyed with how fat the monster appears in the American trailer. Yeah. Uh, when I finally saw it, I was a bit taken aback. Godzilla super fan said it's fat from the neck downwards and massive at the bottom. <laughs> well, they would have. Then do they love this Godzilla? Because this Godzilla was I, I, ripped. Yeah, this was a lean. I mean, I think that I, I believe that Emmerich describes Godzilla uh, in his own words as lean in this film. He's got a good six-pack going on. Em, yeah. I mean, you are our, our resident fashion expert, but you could also determine the aesthetic of that Godzilla. How do you feel about how he looked from the few shots you got? You know, this was like a pre-social media, like mid-stage CGI Godzilla. So yeah. from a style perspective, you know, I, I felt like the, the scales were still very like 90s and very like, sci- he was a very cyberpunk lizard. Yeah. He was a cyberpunk lizard. Did he have a backwards silver hat on or something? What am I missing? <laughs> yeah, he was kind of like the Billy Idol of Godzilla. <laughs> nice, yeah. nice, nice, nice. So anyways, this is taking place in 1998. So... Really, what is what is going on at the same time? This larger than life movie that I will go to bat for later on, but this larger than life movie we have what featuring we have? a larger than life lizard. <laughs> yep, that's correct. 
<laughs> that is absolutely correct. What do we have? We have Monica Lewinsky scandals just starting up, right, guys? The Monica Lewinsky scandal was the big news of the year. I mean, that had broken in January, and I think that that had taken over the, nat- the national consciousness in a way that I actually really do sort of have a sense memory association between this particular Godzilla and hearing about how the president fucks on the news. Uh, uh, <laughs> because I would have been a little kid when this was, you know, when all this was happening. <laughs> The president fucks, and uh, Godzilla didn't, because Godzilla, this Godzilla was asexual. Do you remember that from the film, M? Yeah, <laughs> I do. The Go- Godzilla had to, like, I think it was, like, trying to lay an egg or find right. a place to nest. Um, yeah, the, this was, it was interesting, because this was a really sexually conscious time, like, with Monica Lewinsky, you know, the stain on the dress. Like, we were talking about stuff in 98 that, you know, you know we were, like, not ready to talk about in maybe 97. Yeah. I feel like Blink-182 said it best in the Dude Ranch album that came in 97 was that I guess this is growing up, you know? I guess this is growing up. Yeah, yeah. and the hit song, Damn It, you know, Blink-182 realized we as a nation are growing up. We as a nation are growing up, and these are some adult themes we have right. to handle. You know, or do you think that in Fox. some ways the release of that song by uh, Blink-182 you know, sort of presaged uh, the events that would come with Lewinsky? <laughs> perhaps um what are your thoughts on that yeah you know it, i think you know i don't know if there was a it was a presage or, or a, a notice of things to come honestly when i think about 98 it was a big year for style guys especially for the cast of this film sure. you've got matthew broderick star of godzilla and who's on his arm at the premiere his wife sarah jessica parker who is premiering sex in the city a show that like completely took over the style consciousness uh and then you've got again i'm going to keep shouting this out everybody go to the go to our twitter account go to the ig account we've got gabby hoffman making some of the boldest fashion statements i've ever seen in my life (laughs) how is she dressed well she's wearing what looks like a pink prom dress and then a what what is apparently like a very sensible spare, pair of sketchers <laughs> you know and you yeah. know they're sketchers because you can see that s winking at you kind of like godzilla <laughs> winks at you from godzilla the t- winks before he destroys the city before he just, <laughs> right before he destroys the city or, he, or you destroy your like mountain do a taco bell yeah um, but, that's right my baja blast didn't exist then Oh God, dark days for you, huh? Oh yeah, <laughs> that was grim. Those were da- those were dark times. Those were my dark ages. I won't yeah. front. I will not but, front. But like, what a what a massive year! You've got Sex in the City coming in. Matthew Broderick has to contest with Sarah Jessica Parker on the runway, Queen of Style, and. And Gabby Hoffman is like, you know, runaway bride slash queen. <laughs> well, this is this is very interesting, actually, that you mentioned, you know, that this was uh, uh, the year that Sex in the City premiered, because this is actually these images. If I'm if I'm because this would have been May 18th, 1998, if we're looking at the, you know, the Getty images of the uh, premiere. Mm-hmm. So this is like immediately preceding uh, the debut of Sex in the City, which was oh. just like two weeks later, June 6, 1998. So, oh, so this Homegirl is like, about to blow up. The, yeah, she is like at this point she you know i mean she'd been in movies and everything like that but Mm -hmm. she was just about to like blow up again yeah uh uh, after sort of being you know uh uh uh, i don't know uh, not at that point for a little while not at that point but she did mars attack so right that's true that's true come on she was on a dog's head for crying out loud (laughs) this was like her this was when she was like steve madden and she was about to become like manolo blahnik (laughs) 
Right, <laughs> yeah. These are the deep cuts that uh, that I should get. I feel like the Sex and the City girls, if, if it took place in uh, 2019, they would dread being found on uh, my Twitter page. I think they're like, oh, no, I made night opening. Oh, God, <laughs> what an embarrassment. I wasn't wearing my Manolos that day. I got right. mustard on them, I, assuming they would ever have I, I don't think that that's ever been a plot on the Sex and the City. <laughs> it's where they, they, I've gotten mustard on my Manolos. <laughs> How embarrassing. Hashtag mustard on my Manolos if you happen to listen to this. I will be keeping track on that. Don't post any lewd photos, please. Don't do that. This is a family-friendly show, you guys. Right. Family-friendly show. But anyways, I want to I start covering the premiere. Who was on that red carpet? Or should I say green carpet because yeah. it's Godzilla. It's at MSG, which is great because I felt like New York was a uh, character in and of itself in this film. How do you feel, Em? <laughs> yeah, I mean, as a resident of New York, I, I can say that God, Godzilla is definitely almost as large as a city that, that doesn't sleep, for sure. Wow. And MSG, that's an interesting place to have a premiere. Have you guys ever been to MSG? You know, yeah. I never have, actually. No, nor have I. You know, MSG looks like... It looks like the container of like a like a birth control pack from 1998 it meets like a spaceship that sort of just landed in Manhattan and it's like constantly under scaffolding and barricades and it's literally the least glamorous place to have a premiere but like fine I get it like it's a big premiere for a big, big. movie big right. I get it I get it Size matters, according to their taglines. Like, how much more 1998 do you need to be? Like, oh, let's make this about the <laughs> dick. Yeah. Right. Dick jokes on there, for sure. Oh, man. So who do we have so far in the premiere? I was most taken aback by Drew Carey in his fully blonde gear. What about you guys? When he's like Eminem blonde before Eminem blew up. <laughs> I know. Drew Carey is like the real Slim Shady here. Like, he's very, like... You know, he's just flown in from Cleveland. He's been rocking very hard there. Wow. And he's like talked to his stylist and said, I bleached my hair. Find me the best shirt at Brooks Brothers to match this. <laughs> Jesus. I think I, I, it looks like he gave maybe a, a little lock of his hair to his stylist and said, don't come with any shirts that don't precisely match this. <laughs> I want to match the exact uh, color uh, of my hair. Yeah, it's an interesting look for Drew Carey. Um, you know, everyone, nine, the the end of the 90s was a wild time for everybody, it seems. <laughs> I think the end of the 90s till a little before uh, a day in 2001 was sure. a wild time fashion-wise, you know. Uh, yeah. Afterwards, we, we were straight in a period of mourning, but like, David Spade is another one. He's he's a player. He's in my power rankings, uh, uh, but he came with some model who's just listed as guest, which would be a common trend in a night opening. When people ask me, why don't you put names? Well, I can't. I don't know all the supermodels that have right. been with David Spade. I apologize. <laughs> but good on him, right? Jeez, Louise. That, you know, that, I mean, a, a ticket to you know, a ticket to see the 1998 Godzilla is nothing to scoff at. You know what I mean? <laughs> No, no, not at all. Yeah, Emmy were saying. Yeah, no, then we've got, like, what I really like about this premiere is that it's really international. Like, yeah. we've got we've got John Woo, and then we've got Roberto Benigni, which is, <laughs> <laughs> I saw the film last night, but, like, was Roberto Benigni in the film? Un <laughs> unclear. Like, unless Roberto Benigni was, like, the guy that you put in the green suit with the little balls all over him to do, like, the motion for Godzilla, I do not remember him being in the film. And then last but not least, we've got Jean Renew, who 
was yeah. in a lot of the Mission Impossible films, but I love from, you know, the professional. And for some reason, he's walking around with like a bunch of like eight millimeter film that in several images, he's just chomping on. <laughs> that is so great uh, but appa- but yeah. apparently like i think in europe that's like i don't know that's like you know like it's like breaking the glass at a jewish wedding a sign of good luck and fortune oh. to come wow so he's a man of tradition here i gotta respect that he's the- probably that's probably got too much mercury i wouldn't i wouldn't chew <laughs> on wouldn't like straight celluloid Jeez. film like that i wouldn't do that either yeah. I, I do like how the, I love all the coffee gags in the movie. I don't know if you remember so much, Jack, or you, M. But I don't remember of, the, the coffee jokes. There, I mean, there's a lot I of saw jokes. The movie. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of jokes where it's like, I thought this was coffee. No, <laughs> sir, this is America. <laughs> it's just like, ah. it's like, I asked for French roast. It is. It's like, oh. I don't, even, <laughs> I don't think in France that they drink French roast like <laughs> I don't I think that might be like it, it's like French fries like they're just fries there right they right it's called roast like yeah. yeah I just think you order coffee I mean I, <laughs> right. I I went to France and there was no specifically I mean I had coffee there and it was uh like coffee I don't know was a top of the line though because this movie makes it seem like oh the Americans they don't know how to do coffee but the French we know well, how to do you know coffee. how 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 much had Starbucks, how much had coffee culture, you know, taken over our world in mm. 1998? You oh, know what I mean? Uh, uh, when like how how much was Starbucks? How how like how big had Starbucks gotten? I mean, that's the the idea is that I think Starbucks like elevated Americans, you know, qual- the cult quality of coffee that they you know crave or whatever. Right. Uh, so suddenly we, we became snobs about it. We just yeah. were like, oh, we know coffee, but you know, the French, you know, nothing but respect for them. They know <laughs> coffee as well. This whole movie was great in terms of like how he was just kind of stalking a military operation, but we'll dive into the film later. Uh, who else did we have on the uh, on the green carpet, I should say? We had Muhammad Ali, which is uh, yeah. that one's kind of a bummer because he doesn't look like he's thrilled to be there, but I, I guess they thought like, oh, you know who who's bigger than uh you know Godzilla and M- and MSG that would be Muhammad Ali for sure you know <laughs> I also think just you know Madison Square Garden like you said there's a lot of seats there's a lot of seats there there's a lot <laughs> yeah. of people got into this premiere <laughs> that's what I think about Benini getting invited too I like looked it up and I'm like Benini hadn't even been in Life Is Beautiful yet it just <laughs> is like I think there's just a lot of people that came to this premiere we need people we need all hands on deck don't yeah. we Em? Every if actor I, in New York needs to walk the green carpet today. If I was the director of this film and I, you know, spoke to my PR person and said, like, all right, premiere day, where, where are we having this bad boy? And they said MSG, my response would be, like, fire them. <laughs> <laughs> like, they're, like, it's New York City. You couldn't get me Radio City? That's pretty big. Like, right. I don't know. Okay, I, I'm a New Yorker. I'm hung up on this. I gotta, I gotta throw one guy out here who's really given it to me for, at this premiere. That, that? that is um, one of the many Simpsons alumni who starred sure. in this film. We should dig into that in a second. Mm-hmm. But uh, Hank Azaria, he, yeah. is, he is the guy who wears the band t-shirt to the concert. He's wearing, <laughs> he's wearing a Godzilla shirt to the premiere. And there's one picture where Broderick's kind of giggling because he knows your boy messed up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if Broderick was aware. I don't know. I feel like they really thought this was going to propel them. I, I don't know. How do you feel about that, Jack? Do you think that Maria Patillo and Matthew Broderick were like, okay, this is our life now. We're stars now, and this is going to be a hit? I mean, Matthew, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I think that, like, getting involved, like, being part of, like, 
the 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 marketing machine for a major blockbuster like this like does make you feel like it's the biggest thing in the world and there's no way it can't succeed because that's also like what everyone around you thinks very clearly because otherwise the studio wouldn't be spending money on it you know what I mean right. so I do think that with these big blockbuster releases they kind of like build up the actors and you kind of think that you're on the cusp of the biggest thing in the world like no matter what like whether it's Godzilla or whether it's Avatar you know what I mean but that's also I think just because like people at the studios they're all just like gamblers and wishful thinkers anyway right right and, and this was like right uh, this is a couple of years after Independence Day too so like Roland right. Emmerich can't do any wrong at this well point. this is like I, I was saying to you I think before the podcast that this is like almost like the Independence Day sequel. It's like the team from Independence Day then moved on to go do Godzilla. So, I mean, it, you know, I guess in a in a I mean, in the 90s as a decade, I think was less like franchise and sequel driven, I want to say. Right. Than, right. Uh, uh, than movies are now. So it, it like, you know, it stands to reason that his follow up would just be a different uh, uh, film altogether than uh, just doing a sequel, which he ended up coming back for the uh, Independence Day Two, I believe, and anyway, that was so. just as beloved as the first. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just as memorable, just as beloved. Um, absolutely a, a a a cinematic titan. Now, now I mean, I'm, well, before I, I'm interrupting you, but I, I just like to say because I've had this story for a while. Uh, I I know you're against MSG being the premier location, but now wasn't the city of New York a character in and of itself in this movie? <laughs> I mean, the true star of the film is New York City, mm -hmm. wi without a doubt. You know, it, it seemed like it was shot on location. Again, I paid as much attention to this film as I have to, like, an in-flight instructional <laughs> oh, movie. Oh, come on. Um, but, you know, I, every glance I did at the screen, all four of them, it looked like it was set in New York. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, kind the, of a big the, deal New here. York was absolutely... Um, one of the primary characters of this film. I mean, you saw Godzilla on New York's famous bridge, you know, climbing <laughs> yeah. around New York's famous buildings, and even walking in New York's famous streets. I mean, um, he, le he uh, Godzilla uh, left their kids at MSG. So, like, I mean, how much more historic yeah, does that's it true. get? You know, it left its eggs all over New York's, I mean, all over MSG. I mean, come on, yeah. guys. I like to believe this show is still in. That the Law and Order universe still exists in canon, and like Detective Stabler solving crimes at the same time. <laughs> this kind of really threw him for a loop. Like, wow, the city shut down. How are we gonna find this 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 diddler going on in the streets? You know, if this if this if this did take place in the uh, Law and Order universe, this event would be the 9/11 of the Law and Order. <laughs> it would. It would be this this world reshaping event when Godzilla attacked and laid his eggs <laughs> at uh, Madison <laughs> Square Garden. I, I could see Ice T having to do that thing he does on SVU, where he just like repeats things that have been told to him already, and start <laughs> and it starts with like, "So let me get this straight." You're telling me that there's a lizard walking this city late, <laughs> eggs? <laughs> uh, my favorite uh, Ice T line from the show was uh, Pizza Boy folded like a slice when he was talking about uh, I guess some kind of diddler. Yeah, some kind of pizza, oh. pizza guy diddler situation going on there. That's a, yeah. that's a hot track that never got dropped. Yeah, right? <laughs> pizza Boy folded like a slice. Somebody could do a drop of that when we're big enough someday, I hope. This, oh, was wow. su this was such a big year for action films. In 1998, we watched Godzilla, of course, mm -hmm. Saving Private Ryan, and mm -hmm. Armageddon. And Patch Adams, which we saw Robin Williams' butt. So that's a lot of action in its own right, right? Yeah. yeah. 
When you look at the box office numbers, you know, uh, Godzilla beat Patch Adams by like a shy million dollars. One which, million dollars, yeah. Just <laughs> one, like a clean one million dollars, which, make, which makes me wonder, can we rewrite history? What do mm-hmm. you mean? What are you proposing here? Well, I, I don't know. Maybe it's like all of our listeners, all of our followers, all of our fans, we band together to start a GoFundMe or maybe just like a, a crowd a crowd watching campaign where we watch mm. enough Patch Adams to get it to gross above Godzilla. Oh, Let's no. give Patch Adams the, the it's just desserts. No. Wait, no, wrong no. phrase. <laughs> oh, Lord. Now, I want to say this, that, you know, as someone, I, I, I maybe I kind of like the Godzilla movie. And, and yeah. you know, Julio, maybe you're with me. So I'm going to start a counter campaign to get people to, <laughs> uh, to watch a lot more Godzilla so that we can keep Godzilla just, uh, 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 you know, a neck ahead of uh, Patch ahead of Adams. Patch. I, I agree. So I, I, I regret to admit that uh, <laughs> you're in for a long road here. Uh, you know, I, I'm going to recruit the uh, the GoFundMe crowdsourcing expert in Zach Braff so wow. to make sure we could <laughs> n- not only uh, – Keep Godzilla ahead, but maybe make right. a new Godzilla, and you know what? Everybody yeah. could be in the credits for something and win fun little things uh, by donating <laughs> to Zach Braff's uh, GoFundMe. Like, I uh, know. Yeah. Uh, watch, watch it twice. Get get two autographed eggs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Get those wrapped. I mean, not, there weren't rafters, of course, because. No. This is a bigger deal than Jurassic Park, according well, to the people who made the movie. <laughs> I mean, we saw this. This was a, a so a year before the movie was released. Roland Emmerich spent six hundred thousand dollars to create this bizarre minute and a half long trailer that didn't use any footage actually from the movie. That the entire point of it was how much bigger Godzilla is than a puny Tyrannosaurus Rex. <laughs> so it's like these people at the National uh, you know, uh, Natural History Museum and then a, and they're looking at like the T-Rex bones and then just a big gigantic Godzilla foot <laughs> like almost like a Monty Python cartoon <laughs> foot kind of comes in and just smashes the entire T-Rex. Then it's meant to make you think like you know Jurassic Park like that's that shit is for babies compared <laughs> to, to Godzilla who's much larger <laughs> I'm a grown up now okay I'm watching yeah. Godzilla I mean yeah. it's pretty clear cut here <laughs> it is pretty clear cut after I mean yeah. he's, he's not even the size of his foot bro like is this an argument that was had in like middle schools and like elementary's <laughs> like nah man he's a lot big see my problem is the toys weren't to scale them. They should have made the toys to scale to be you the mean size they should of have worked being. with the Jurassic Park people. So you, to... you, get, you get the JP toy of a T Rex. You find the measurements of that, and then you make the Godzilla toy be the size of like you know somebody's like well, fuck five feet. Like a so five you think foot... the Godzilla toy should have been like five feet tall yes. so that they could have like so that they could have like fit Recreated the continuity the of that that yes. pre trailer. You now, you know what I, think that I, yeah. what I think Godzilla should have done, what I think would be more you know, reasonable, is they should have created a sub line of toys from the Godzilla line that was a recreation of the entire Jurassic Park line of toys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't need a five-foot Godzilla at my house. I want a regular-sized Godzilla, but I want a, a Jurassic Park T-Rex for scale uh, that I can <laughs> keep with it. <laughs> right, right, right. Maybe that'd be more of a micro machine type situation than yeah. so much bigger. But and was there anybody else on the green carpet? I can't emphasize that. This is the only this the the only time I recall this happening was the uh, Ninja Turtle Secret of the Ooze. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, I would I would have guessed there there would have been a million green. I bet there's a lot of green carpets at like Kids Choice Awards. True, and shit. true. Was slime or like a, or like a built like. 
happy, like, I don't know, a Happy Madison production. Probably. <laughs> right, right. Well, are you yeah. saying Happy Madison? Is that a respectful enough film franchise to get red carpets traditionally? <laughs> I, I think so. I think so. Good. I'm um, just clarifying here. The the premiere had a couple a, a couple of other heavy hitters, a couple of other big wink stars. Oh lord. Yeah. Um we had we had J Lo there and J Lo is wearing a gray ba- baby tee that looks like it was just purchased at a gap outside of Penn Station, which is next to MSG. It's like <laughs> it's like she got off the six train and like went into the gap and got a t-shirt and ran over. Are, are you it, suggesting that she rode the train topless? Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 Our horn dog listeners, uh, I'm sure, are fans of that theory, but I, I have to I have to interject. I I, I don't believe em, your your theory that uh, J Lo rode topless. In the city, I have to, no. I have to take a stand here. Yeah, I it think it was pre-social I, media. <laughs> True. Yeah, maybe I don't know. Maybe she was trying to 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 flip the whole thing on its head. She saw Gabby Hoffman. Gabby Hoffman was really dressed up. She said the only way to up, <laughs> upstage her is to dress down. Yeah, it was super strategic, guys. Super. Strategic. I, th- I think it might have had to do with just how many seats they had to fill, <laughs> and they might have just gotten J Lo. Like they might have been like, "Hey, we have we need more people to come to Godzilla." Like at at Astor at like three p.m. that day. And she's like, "Okay, I'll rush over." All right. I mean, I don't have anything better to do. But then that that explains what, what what is Rudy Giuliani being there, and did he interact with J Lo? You think? I mean, absolutely. he seems nervous there. Absolutely. I mean, this is like this is like a pre nine eleven Giuliani. Yeah. You know, he's got the world at his fingertips. He he's cleaning up the city, and yeah. you know. You know he's got to go check out this this lizard that almost took down his big city. So he's, you know he's got to go in there and police the situation just he, in case things get out of hand. He wasn't America's mirror just yet, right? No, no but, but he was like still hanging around with fucking celebrities all the time and Jeez. stuff. You know what I mean? Like this right. would have been just like this would have been a couple years prior to him doing that weird sketch with Donald Trump where he's like dressed as a woman or whatever. Oh yeah. God. Which Never is just bizarre. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Jesus so, but this is also, by the way, this is the stuff with Giuliani. Is that actually at the premiere? Because the the um, the 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 what the hell is it called when there's the text under an image? Jesus mm-hmm. Christ! Yeah. The, well, caption? whatever. Caption. The <laughs> caption. The caption says that uh, uh, that he's answering questions at a press con- at a news conference. Uh, so did they? Hold- I wonder. I wonder, frankly, if they held some kind of like fake news conference where Giuliani <laughs> talks about Godzilla is coming or something like that. <laughs> oh God! Uh, another secret. another like famous New Yorker that was at the premiere as well was Sean Puff Daddy Combs. I well, believe. Sure. I believe he was known as Puff Daddy then. I don't want to offend was, yeah. anyone. Okay. No, I believe that he was, yeah. He, he wrote Come With Don't me, so dead name correct. him, but I don't think you have. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, we should definitely talk about the soundtrack in a second because this is where he famously partnered with, uh, you know, with the Led Zeppelin guy. This shows you the extent of my music knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> the Led make- Zeppelin guy. The Led Zeppelin guy to make up anger. But this was from, again, I'm, I'm a style expert. That's what you've got me here for. That's why you pay me the big bucks. Oh, yeah. He is... He is at peak Sean John era, which was his, you know, like his T-shirt brand, his lifestyle brand. Mm -hmm. And he's not wearing Sean John. No, no. But his two children are. And they're not. 
if, when you look at the premieres the pictures, you'll see that the kids aren't wearing like kid size version. It's like he like went into the sample closet and was like, uh, okay, get get little little Diddy one and little Diddy two some tees, and all they had were grown up tees. <laughs> it's, it's pretty rough. It's, it's a shame to get one for Giuliani. And, and by the way, I just want to include Rudy Giuliani also went to the uh, 101 Dalmatian sequel. Uh, which might have been called 102 Dalmatians. I should probably look that up. But uh, he was a big movie premiere guy before he had to start doing his job. So, you know, uh, I don't want to give him any credit, but, I mean, he is a film buff. You know, he is a film buff. I would say the biggest star of all at the premiere is actually fits in the palm of of someone's hands, and that is the Taco Bell Chihuahua. Sure. Yeah. That's royalty right there. That's before Tinkerbell. Yeah, Julio, t- uh, tell us, t- you're a big fan of the Taco Bell Chihuahua's work. We know you're a big Taco Bell guy, historian, that's Histori- your specialty. Tell us, what do you think about that? So, I love the commercial of the Taco Bell dog and uh, Godzilla and their, and their strange, unique partnership. It was very, it, it showed Godzilla, you know, he was willing to work with others. I don't know, it was a very unique relationship <laughs> they had. But one flaw I found uh, within the commercials was... Uh, Taco Bell dog was ordering for him himself and Godzilla, and he was just saying, you know, give me some of the new gorditas, which they were promoting at the time. And then he wanted, like, you know, a 100 Pepsis or something like that. And um, you see in the commercial later on, the guy is carrying, like, 100 Pepsis. Like, that's not realistic. That guy can never carry that many soft drinks. And it's like, oh, come on, man. You're, you're, you've taken me out of this now. You've taken me out of this commercial, which I, I don't believe the, se- the server Taco Bell can lift no. that much. Okay, I want to push back here just a little bit Mm -hmm. because I remember the commercial as well, okay? Okay. And so, you know, I I think that you might be misremembering this as a more, you know, unrealistic amount of sodas that he was handling because we're talking about, like, three, you know, three layers deep of perhaps 10 sodas. So he's holding maybe 30 sodas on a tray. That's You'll a also lot in see, general. And I mean, no, I know, but that, but it is, it is, it is, you know, it is wildly inaccurate to say that he was carrying a hundred cups no, no, in that commercial. I, I and apologize. You also notice another, another Taco Bell employee there with another, you know, set of cups. And so while I would say that it's probably a very difficult balancing job and it's unrealistic that a Taco Bell employee would put in that kind of effort, and I don't know why in any scenario why you'd have them stacked like that, I, I do think it's not uh, – I think it's a misrepresentation to, to say that um, to say that he was carrying 100 and he wouldn't be strong enough to do I that. apologize because Godzilla ordered over 100, and yes. he had a lot himself. That wouldn't fit out the, the window, by the way. <laughs> A, a half of them would fall, but I, I digress. I digress. You know, it's a one flaw in an otherwise fine campaign. <laughs> Perfect I collected, set of yeah, commercials. <laughs> I collected a lot of the, of those sure. toys at the time, and you know, I, I'm I'm proud that I did that because I'm proud of this film, even though I had no involvement in it. You know, I'm proud of all the work that the team, when they came back together, had done here. So. Kudos, Godzilla uh, Taco Bell marketing campaign. Kudos. So okay, it is actually. I'm looking at it now. It is like five. <laughs> layers of them and it's a lot of cups but i will say this that there is some forced perspective in your final shot there and it does appear and this might just be through film magic that this would be a big enough 
you know, window to get all these cups through. You okay, know what well, I mean? You know what? So I, I'll issue a retraction statement later on tonight. Sorry. <laughs> My apologies. I also I, I want to jump back for just a second here, if you don't mind. Yeah. Uh, um, to Rudy Giuliani being there, I was just googling. Uh, I was just googling to try to see if I could find whether he did any kind of like fake, um, you know, press conference or something <laughs> like that. I couldn't find anything about that, but I did find a L.A. Times article with a quote from Rudy Giuliani at the premiere. Um, uh, uh, New York Mayor Rudy, Rudolph Giuliani said he liked the film's portrayal of his citizens and their relationship with Godzilla. Look at how accepting the city was of an immigrant, said his <laughs> honor with a straight face. <laughs> oh, Lord. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh I knew the moment you realized Rudy Giuliani was there, you were not going to let that go. And then once you realized <laughs> that there was a, a fake press conference, perhaps, I you were going to wish. Dig. I wish there was. I really God, or that you were hoping there was. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good God. Yeah. So so who else was there? I, was, I mean, we've pretty much gone through just about everybody, right? I mean, Jimmy Page of Led Zeppelin looks... Again, very depressed to be there. Maybe his sad ditty took a song. Uh, is that is that the official Jamiroquai, or is it a member of Jamiroquai there? I, unless I'm experiencing virtual in, insanity, Lord. I am pretty confident that is Jamiroquai, who, again, is that the name of the band? Is it a person? Do I care? No. I care, and he wasn't wearing a hat, which is traditional well, Jamiroquai. No, it was like he was in a disguise by not wearing a hat. True. True, yeah. but I, I still don't believe it was. We'll have to look it up. We got to be professionals next time, you guys. We'll be more Jamiroquai historians next time. Uh, I, I think it wasn't the guy. Now, now Jamiroquai, it's a group. It's not like Bruce Springsteen, who's one person singular, or Papa Roach, who's one singular mm-hmm. person. It, it's a group. It's a group effort. It's a whole rock right. and roll band with a guitarist and whatnot. So, just and a, and a Ben Folds Five, you know, like a Ben Folds, yeah, like like him. Exactly. Not the Ben Folds band, but Ben Folds Five. I mean, <laughs> it's a band. It's a band. Ben ah, Folds Five. right. Okay. See, I'm confused that I was one man yet again. But no, nonetheless, should we dive right into the movie, you guys? I think. Uh, Hold on a second here. Yeah, okay. This well, is kind of somebody. exciting. Hold on a second. I did find the press conference here. Uh, <laughs> Mayor Mayor Rudolph Giuliani. Rudolph W. Giuliani today proclaimed Monday, May 18th as Godzilla Day in New York, kicking off tonight's <laughs> premiere of the movie Godzilla. Um, uh, he says, uh, Dean Devlin and Roland Emmerich chose New York City as their location for Godzilla because of our world-famous cityscape immediately recognized all over the planet. Movie lovers will be treated to a Godzilla that piques the interest of old-time monster film fans and at the same time thrills today's action film bus- buffs. I, I, you know, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> this is what, uh, for this, some reason, Rudy Giuliani held a press conference to say. This tr- stays true to the, the classic kaiju, you guys. That's what Rudy Giuliani <laughs> was trying to say. Is, I know, mean, look, pre-9-11 you know, was an interesting time, politically, in America. Christ. <laughs> um, before we jump into the film, should we talk about the soundtrack really quickly? Since oh, we're yeah. on the topic of Jamiroquai. Sure. Well, lay it um, on us. Who was on there specifically? Okay. The Wallflowers covering heroes yes. by none other than david bowie a person whose name i bother to remember pretty big wow. hit mm-hmm. then we've got puff daddy featuring jimmy page whose name i've decided to remember he's and not led is, zeppelin he's not one singular person <laughs> not led no <laughs> led. <laughs> okay, hey, led. Mis- mr zeppelin was there yeah. <laughs> uh and he they do come with me which is the theme song to the film you know you remember it oh and yeah and then Jamiroquai thought this was going to be their virtual insanity, their second moment. Deeper underground. Deeper underground. Yeah. Uh, 
I'll go really quickly through the names where we got Rage Against the Machine, Ben, ben Folds 5, Days of the New, oh, ben Michael. Five. Yeah, Ben mm -hmm. Folds 5. Again, yeah. person or band. I don't know. Who, nobody band. knows. <laughs> uh, Michael Penn, Fuel, Foo Fighters. And then my favorite, and I've got a few more, but my favorite is Green Day featuring Godzilla. Like Godzilla, <laughs> Godzilla's got a track. Well, look, I mean, this was in, in the lead up to the movie and in the promotion of the movie. It was a pretty common thing for them to talk about Godzilla as though he was, like, real. <laughs> like, in a lot of the, like, in, in the, you know, behind-the-scenes featurette that you sent me, you know, yeah. where also, for some reason, Harry Shearer is, like, in character as his character from the movie hosting yeah. it somehow. I don't know. So good. Harry <laughs> Shearer was the journalist, and he also does the voice for Kent Brockman, if I'm correct, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. So well, Kent Brockman. He does a lot, of, a, lot of, a lot of voices. Of course. But yeah, Simpsons yeah. callback number two. Yeah. yeah. And number three was, uh, what's her name? Nancy Cartwright, uh, I believe, of the lady who does the Bart Simpson voice. Was she in this in this movie? Yes. She was. Uh, she worked for uh, Ken Brockman, Harry Shearer. And she's like, uh, sir, I think your news story went out the window, dude. Or like, didn't say it like that. <laughs> Truly so. weird. What is the Simpsons <laughs> wow. crossover with this Godzilla <laughs> movie? It is yeah. actually odd. Like, yeah, yeah, there's three per, you know, there's, big there's, Simpsons guys there, you know? Yeah, um, but then we've got Silver Chair on the soundtrack. We got Fuzz Bubble, okay. Oh, yeah. uh, Joey Deluxe, and then some, you know, some score, I guess, by David Arnold. What I love about this soundtrack is that if this this soundtrack was like a CrossFit gym before CrossFit existed, <laughs> like it's just like the most pumped up music. It's like, <laughs> yeah, it's it's that music you listen to when you're like rounding out the last mile of like a ten k you did not train for. <laughs> like this is this is such a, a like hyped up bro soundtrack. I, I took a, a a quick gander and I said, "Well, what was on the Patch Adams soundtrack?" Just to compare. <laughs> oh no! no. How does that compare? Ooh, well, <laughs> what do we have? It's a different pace. I'll say that a different pace. <laughs> it's a different pace. Uh, you yeah. have it on you. You have it ready. I, let me hit you with it. Oh uh, lord! First off, we've got "Faith of the Heart" by Rod Stewart. Mm. Okay. Yeah, it's uh, Eric Clapton, "Let It Rain." Uh, a little Crosby, Stills and Nash in there. This is the kind of music that your dad in 1998 yeah. would pick you up when it was his weekend. <laughs> Jesus Christ! My 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 interpretation. I hear the I hear that uh, lineup there, and I, I think that sounds like the soundtrack of a movie worth a million dollars less. <laughs> <laughs> sounds yep. a million dollars less to me. I, I, I'm glad you're with me here, Jack. I mean, look, Patch Adams, fine film. Uh, yeah. I, I don't think I've done the premiere for that just yet. Uh, it's, yeah. Maybe I. Because the Philip Seymour Hoffman, uh, as I like to call him, the Philip Seymour Hoffman, uh, he he was there, but the photo of him is very difficult to find. There's mm. only I can only find a, a framed image of him <laughs> at the premiere, uh, but I can't find the actual premiere photo, so it's very difficult. And that sold for like two hundred dollars. That framed photo of him there. So, man, uh, another shit. I mean, on the topic of music, but kind of bouncing back a little bit to the fashions, we've also got like half of the B-52s there, which like, I don't really know what the association is with the film. They're not on the soundtrack. They're not in the film, but like they're wearing like head to toe silk suits. So they, and That's they're, cool. yeah, they're definitely like busting out. I think, I think they were robbed. I bet they tried to sell like rock lobster or something to the soundtrack and they just got, <laughs> they got also, Heavy D was there. Was he another one who was just like, am I? And he was a big premiere guy himself. So, like, <laughs> he upset, like, yo, why am I not on this, man? You know, come on, guys. Come on. I feel like probably. he was probably bummed out. Yeah. 
I, so, as I as I yeah. flip through the images again, I I'm also like one thing I, I'm like really intrigued by is just like, wow, is Jimmy Page Asian? No, but could he have been? Maybe. Possibly. <laughs> yeah. The most enthusiasm but, he's mustered up has been like a thumbs up in a lot of those photos. So I mean, uh, I don't think a lot of people weren't feeling this beforehand. I I, I don't get it. I am just shocked, you guys. They were at MSG. That is like the most soul sucking. Right. Like that is like where the Ghostbusters like ten years ago had to like you know bring out their their proto packs or whatever to hose down slime. <laughs> like, like that that is like an area where your soul exits your body the minute you set foot in there. Now, if I recall correctly, it was just Rick Moranis by himself standing outside doing everything, and he got all the adulation. You know, he should have got. I, I you know the other Ghostbusters movie should. I mean, I guess it, it took place in a different universe, but like, I feel like if there's ever a third Ghostbusters. It should be Rick Moranis who has the fame because he was the one who everybody saw standing outside. Like he is the Ghostbuster, so to say. I don't yeah. know. That's some I, some future I'd, canon for you guys. I'd, I'd like to see like a Ghostbusters prequel called Ghostbuster that mm-hmm. r- only focuses on the Rick Moranis character. <laughs> yeah. I think they should introduce each one of them separately and then yeah. bring them together in an Avengers like film yeah. called yeah. Ghostbusters. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I want to see the I want to see three films titled Egon before they ever come together. <laughs> as, yeah. uh, I want to see Timothy Chalamet playing yeah. playing Rick Moranis. I like <laughs> like I know that a lot of Hollywood heavy hitters listen to this podcast. Mm-hmm. Make it happen, come on, Ryan Johnson. We know you listen, Ryan. <laughs> yeah. My good friend, my buddy, friend of the show, Ryan. Friend Johnson. of the podcast. Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully, geez. Also, Ryan, if you're paying attention, uh, as my friend uh, Theodore said, make prequels to the prequels. That's what everybody wants. <laughs> That's what everybody wants. Stop being ignorant. Stop I would have to being agree. ignorant. Come on, man. So anyway, you're talking about Old Republic. Is that what you want to see, or what do you want to I, see? I, yeah, it, it's still, it's still, it's not necessarily Old Republic. It's still in the Republic of the, just a little bit before Phantom Menace. Just like right before, like just right before like more, Phantom more Menace. More like what like Watto is doing. And yeah, stuff. and like, like. The, the end could be. Oh no. There's a trade blockade in Naboo. <laughs> I've just read it. that there's a tra- trade blockade in Naboo. <laughs> Something coming. Something's coming in over the holocron. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's the end. That's that's the end of the third one. That's the end of the yeah. third installment. Yeah. There. Why stop? It, why not like the fifth? That's Why not? A good point. You can, you can do a good more point. than a trilogy. Yeah. That, that, it, yeah. Yeah. There's just a lot of politics. I say start at there. negative five. Do negative Star Wars five. episode <laughs> negative five. That's what I want. Young Yoda, a little little bit of hair. You know. That's Young Yoda arrives to his first day in Coruscant, <laughs> and he's lonely for home. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> so 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 moving on here. This movie was before the Phantom Menace. So. I, I mean, how did the CGI work at the time? We didn't have Ahmed Best in the Godzilla suit, did we? I mean, who was who was operating that at the time? <laughs> you know? I mean, we we saw in the, in the behind the scenes featurette that they talked about, you know, that they created a new Godzilla from from head to tail. Um, <laughs> and I think that I I could be wrong, but I I it. If I remember this movie correctly, it's a lot of like very locked off shots yeah, of yeah, Godzilla. Yeah, yeah. It, it kind of reminds me of like the Alien and Alien Three. You know okay. what I mean? Like when they're like a little too shiny and like the color is not like it doesn't quite fit like color wise with the rest it's of the a, shot. It, yeah, it's a little off. I think you see like a, a little bit of an outline, so to say, of like yeah. you know of his tail and then like the buildings or whatever. Like you see like an outline of him, but yeah, it, it's fine. 
It's fine. I, 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 I was, it, it didn't suck me out at the time. I was like, whoa, he's no, it's like very cool. I, I, I mean, look, I, again, like, you know, like M was saying, you know, this, the, it was like this kind of big sort of almost cyberpunk Godzilla. Yes. And like, there is like a big visual appeal to it. Like, look, um, they made a big swing here with how Godzilla looks. And it's this like kind of big sort of Jurassic Parky Godzilla. And in some ways, I do find a real appeal to that because this does like set it apart from like all this Godzilla like lives on an island unto itself. This weird <laughs> little American Godzilla that's a total break from everything else in the franchise. Yeah, and I would like to ask if this was such a bad movie, why did Cloverfield feel so inspired by it? You know, <laughs> yeah, they also did not show a direct shot of, of their monster as well. That also took place in New York City. Yeah. You know, it, it, there's there's a lot of inspirations there. You know, they just they didn't have the balls to go to MSG. That's that's the problem. That was, <laughs> you know, it's my criticism there. You know, wow. the guy should have looked for his girlfriend over. I know where she is. The Garden. She loves to see those Knicks play. You know? Now, I do think this I do think that this movie was like so savaged by critics, like completely. And that does feel not that feels very different than our mm-hmm. time you know yeah. what i mean like it feels like if this movie came out today it would be a lot of like you know turn your brain off and like have fun you know, <laughs> it would get like 95 percent on rotten tomatoes or something <laughs> like that but it is odd that a movie came out like this and it was just like savaged by the critics because it was just like too frivolous or something right right M, do you, do you recall the uh, gene siskel and roger ebert parodies in the film or are you not sucked in at all throughout that point that might have been the point where I was doing oh any Lord. anything but watching it. <laughs> Jack, do you remember this? I there's, don't remember either, but oh I do God. remember the sort of 90s fascination with hating critics a lot. Yeah. So there was a fake Roger Ebert, and he literally wow. named by, went by Roger and his assistant, Gene. And Roger played the mayor <laughs> of New York, and this guy, Gene, also played New York. Avenue oh, also so played funny. also played like the the mayor's advisor and like they were the ones like let everybody back in the city we we don't need to find the nest the nest was where the eggs were so to say <laughs> and, and this Roger Ebert like caricature kind of just like you know there was a big moment there where he, he was abusing Gene the whole time in the movie and then the big payoff is when this when Gene again this this is their names in the movie they're both Roger and Gene and and Roger the mayor <laughs> Gene wow. has enough Gene has enough he's like you know what. You handled this mess, and he gives him a thumbs down. That's a big wink to the crowd, like, hey, (laughs) you know who we're talking about. I mean, it's not just a tall, lanky, bald man and his short, stocky friend with gray hair. (laughs) So I'm actually reading now the Roger Ebert review. Oh, is he pissed? Godzilla. And he says, oh, and then there are there, and then there are New York's Mayor Ebert, gamely played by Michael <laughs> Lerner, and his advisor, Gene, Lori Goldman. The mayor, of course, makes every possible wrong decision. Uh, he is against evacuating <laughs> uh, 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 Manhattan. And the advisor eventually gives thumbs down to his re-election campaign. Yeah. These characters are a reaction by Emmerich and Devlin to negative Siskel and Ebert reviews of their earlier movies, Stargate, Independence Day. But they let us off lightly. I fully expected to be squished like a bug by Godzilla. Now that I've inspired a character in a Godzilla movie, all I really still desire is for several Ingmar Bergman characters to sit in a circle and read my reviews to one another in hushed tones. So <laughs> that's sounds, what Ebert has to say about he, Mayor Ebert. He sounds he, pissed, actually. He, was he does sound annoyed. <laughs> he was dunked on, you know, savagely, yeah. you know. Yeah. And he's yeah. like, well, mm, I wish to be in a more serious film, Roland. <laughs> 
Um, I'm looking at the Rotten Tomatoes review for it. Oh, is it 100? Yeah. Is it fresh? Well, yeah. Did I take a bite yeah. out of it? Yeah, Brutal. I've never seen this before. It's 110%. Yeah. <laughs> Historic a <first>. super fresh <laughs> tomato? Uh, it's, it's on the vine. Um, you know, this is, it's got a 16%, which what? Like, you know, doesn't surprise me. This but, like, guys, I'm, I'm going to shed a light. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shed a light on some really big info here. So it, it, the review is great. You know, Toho's fire-breathing monster is back, but his roar is the only thing that hasn't changed. Uh, the computer-generated Godzilla threatens to destroy New York, managing to escape the military by hiding underground. Okay, guys, so here's where I really let you in on a mm-hmm. big spoil, a big moment for the podcast. Eventually, Godzilla's babies hatch in Madison Square Garden. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, that's what yeah. I mentioned where, earlier. Yes. Where they run amok a while. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, MSG I, is a character in the film in a big way, in yep. an even bigger way than... Uh, than in uh, 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 Ghostbusters, and then, like, I would say. Guys, you know what? Like, turn off the podcast if you don't want any spoilers, but it, it closes with, the film is complete with a very cheesy romance. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Well, first off, well, they all hated on her majorly. Uh, poor Maria uh, Patillo. She was yeah. kind of like the poor man's Anne Hatch, you know, like, yeah, she just didn't really get a, a big break from this. And, you know, she was really trying to trying to like make her own name there uh, against uh, the big boys. That's right. right. Maria Pati- Patillo uh, uh, went from the mayor of New York, like standing next to the mayor of New York as he like made it official that the movie she was in was a holiday of New York. So, wait, wait. so May 18th. I mean, that means Godzilla Day is coming up. Uh, was, wow. Was, yeah. The, 20, uh, the 20th anniversary or 21st, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. Godzilla Day can drink now as of this May 18th. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which, by the way, that's you the funny. drunk. Yeah. <laughs> um, the funniest thing I found, the funniest thing about the Godzilla Day announcement is that that's on the website nyc.gov. That's just like an <laughs> yes. official press release of you the. You can't take uh, that back. It is, it is still on, Godzilla Day. It, it, it's on the public record. This is like just a, a piece of public record that wow. it's Godzilla Day. This website is really special. (laughs) This website is. We gotta throw a link in the in the the Giuliani archives. Yeah, (laughs) please give me the link afterwards. Yeah, that needs to be documented. I'm like I'm like right clicking view source. I I don't think think better HTML has ever been written. This is is clean. This is clean. This is this is some clean code, guys. They're using the center tags. Let's see. Uh, Okay, do I see that this was made in Netscape? It kind okay. of appears like yeah. it was. So you guys yeah. are giving deep cuts for the people at home who do not have <laughs> internet access open right now. But yes, right. we have been. But regardless, going back yeah. to MSG, there's a nice uh, homage to Home Alone where Matthew Broderick knocks out a thing of gumballs and the rap, not the Raptors. I keep saying the Raptors. They're bigger than the Raptors, people. They're little baby guys. They're much bigger than pathetic little Raptors. <laughs> Trash little same, Raptors. They're they're about the same size, but you know what? They're babies. So their babies are more right. threatening than are just as threatening as velociraptors. They're babies. Imagine what happens when they grow up. <laughs> so. There's a nice scene where Matthew Broderick kn- knocks down the uh, gumballs and the ra- the Godzillas are slipping and falling all over the place. <laughs> so like, it was a nice nod to Home Alone, uh, Lost in New sure. York, you know, another New You think York that was City. an intentional nod there? I don't think so. I think it was just like, <laughs> you need to do something. You're running now. And, right. uh, and honestly, if I have to be that guy... The baby Godzillas were running a lot faster than him. There's no way he had time. He ran past the gumball machine, and then he ran back towards it and knocked it over. 
and they like slipped and fell and just like total numbskulls, you know. I mean, they're you know, babies for, though. For as you know, for as uh, dismissive and rude uh, Roland Emmerich was being to Jurassic Park, you know, uh, in the uh, teaser trailer for this film, I, I it feels very Jurassic Park, you know. Uh, uh, inspired you know what i mean it's like this third act ends up being like this this showdown between them uh uh, being chased by smaller more raptor like uh, right godzilla godzillas i guess (laughs) right right, yeah but but you see in jurassic park the like the water moved up and in godzilla the cars bounce from the streets Mm. and the sidewalks they bounce up you know because he's bigger because he's bigger bigger. so you you think some water size does matter you're absolutely right (laughs) uh, guys you know the bigger the better that's just proven fact this is better than jurassic park because it's bigger plain and simple guys i really want to act out a scene from the film can you can i take the floor and just like (laughs) just give give the listeners a taste do you need me to be anybody right now um yeah, if you can, you're going to know this scene. Um, I know I'm all the need, scenes. I love I'm this I'm going to need you to be Dr. Nico Tatopoulos. Which See, is, that's a running gag in the movie. There's a lot of like, oh, yeah. they kept getting his last name wrong, Tatopoulos. Yeah, okay. See, uh, that's right. You I'm a me. fan of the film. I'm a you're fan. A fan? Yeah, I mean, you're I'm a super not. fan. I am. I'm going to be playing the role of Maria Pacillo, one of the greatest actresses of all time. Okay. Uh, Jay will she be playing. She played Audrey. She'll, she'll be playing Dr. Nico, a.k.a. Nick. Yeah. Go okay. for it. All right. Oh, wait. I don't get it. If he's the first of his kind, how can he be pregnant? Doesn't he need a, a mate? Well, he's asexual. He doesn't need a mate. Well, where's the fun in that? <laughs> and scene. Yep. That, I recall if, that very well. Yeah. If that, that doesn't tent. make... If that doesn't make you want to keep Patch Adams in in its spot of no, number nine film of 1998, okay, I, I think oh, I'm turning on. the corner. I think I'm turning the corner, guys. I think I think I'm into this film. I might yeah. actually watch it. <laughs> yeah. I might if, actually watch if it. If anything, we should be siphoning money off Patch Adams' earnings and elevating Godzilla. You know, yeah, we should I'm be getting people to get refunds for that movie. Just, I also just think we should just like pivot your Twitter account to be a Maria Patillo fan account. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Isn't it time? Isn't it time she Isn't came back? Isn't it time? Back? Yeah. I, I feel like Matthew Broderick could have called in a favor to SJP and been like, get her on Sex and the City. Come on. <laughs> your show is not going anywhere anyways. Like, get her on, you know? It's my career that we're going to build our, our lives on. It's my, you know, illustrious career, you know, as the guy who is not John Cryer. Is, does John Cryer have more clout than Matthew Broderick? Guys. Well, you know, what's interesting is that John Cryer actually did work. She uh, uh, she co-wrote a pilot with John Cryer uh, after the movie in oh, 1999. Nice. So nice. he actually did try to help out Maria Patillo. Good guy, John um, Didn't Cryer. work out. Didn't work out. Good guy. That's my dude. But no, I, I think they're probably about, I think Matthew Broderick has a little bit more clout because of a uh, tower heist. Uh, right. Um, <laughs> now that, like, since we're on the topic of the film and I'm a style expert, that's why I'm here. Um, one style choice that I I was obsessed with throughout the film, uh, Matthew Broderick's tiny little like cap. He's got like one of those like little French driver caps. It's like mm-hmm. very oh, I don't even know how to I, I can't even visualize it well enough. But it's 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 not quite a baseball cap. It's not quite a page boy cap. It's so 1998. It's yeah, it's not quite a beret. It's yeah. yeah, it's it's something in the middle there. I think Anthony so, Edwards wore something like that to the uh, Batman <laughs> Forever premiere actually. I mean, it's not I'm quite sure, Kangol. Yeah, it's it's like 
it's it's kind of a, a hat for all seasons. I, I, I was such a fan <laughs> of it. It yeah. is. I was also a fan of where, do you guys remember the scene where uh, they're luring Godzilla in with uh, the fish that they put out for the city? And uh, Matthew Broderick, he goes to a Kodak, uh, what do you call those things, a vending machine. You know, just right on the city, there's a Kodak vending machine. He puts in a dollar, gets a <laughs> camera that falls out. Uh, the only other film I recall this was uh, Lethal Weapon 3 uh, during the uh, when she was delivering her child. Uh, I forgot the character, but there was, uh, I think, uh, uh, what was his name? Ah, uh, fuck. Well, one of the characters was delivering a child, and they got or they had they had those at the hospital. Was that a thing? Do you guys recall like Kodak camera vending machines being a thing? Uh, I mean, like vaguely. Um, it had to I be guess, like a popu- yeah. it had to be like a mall, like a well. They're probably area. like disposable cameras. Of like course, they're disposable. They're yeah. not. No, it's not like a, a Ron Gallea uh, c- a camera coming down there. Oh, but, he uh, wasn't getting like a special eighty millimeter phone. <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> in a no. machine. Okay. No. So that that was one scene. I was like, "Oh, is this was this really a thing? This is the second movie now I've seen these in. Like, good job what? by Kodak." Another, I mean, that was product placement at its best. Yeah, of course. You know? There's a lot I of mean, that in there. There's a lot of product placement in this film. Um, well, I mean, think- this was yeah, this was uh, uh, like I, I that's you know, this was uh, I, I I feel like this like I I feel we talked about how New York is a co-star of this film. I actually do feel like Taco Bell is a co-star of this <laughs> film. <laughs> yeah. You know what the irony is about that? You know, there's like only in Manhattan, there's maybe like three Taco Bells. Jeez. Taco Bell is not a thing in New York. So for them to really take this leap of faith and like plug themselves into, you know, the, the product placement, the New Yorkers were probably really confused. New Yorkers were probably like, how do I go to the sale of the taco? Where is this? How do I get there? Well, well Phantom Menace is also big with Taco Bell, Pizza Hut, and uh, KFC. So, like, they, they were with the whole like, Wasn't there a Batman also? Batman Forever, I think. Uh, you Batman Forever had McDonald's. Right? Batman Forever Where, had when McDonald's. Was, when was it you could win the Batmobile from a, from a Taco Ooh. Bell? Ooh. That's a good question for another Ooh. time, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> if I may quote that other great movie. But, yeah. So... I, it was Batman and Robin. Anyway. It was Batman and Robin. Okay, so it was the yeah. sequel to that. That's when you could win the car. So this is actually just – this is that's the yearly promotion that was just mm-hmm. the year before Godzilla here. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. A year before, you know, the, the Taco Bell dog was teaming up with Godzilla <laughs> to order just way too many sodas. Um, <laughs> someone won the Batmobile in 1997. And not just that, Jack. Uh, for the Phantom Menace, uh, if you wa- if you follow the at special episode one uh, Twitter that mm-hmm. covers the Phantom Menace thoroughly and all the merchandising, mm-hmm. uh, there is a speeder you can win. There's a speeder. Oh, wow. I, I obviously, it doesn't float, but like there's a a Phantom Menace speeder one could win. Like, was that person out there? Is the person who won the episode wow. one Phantom Menace speeder in existence? I'll send this to you later. But like, so you uh, could I win the Batmobile. So. You could win the fa- uh, a speeder, uh, probably a, a one from Naboo, I would imagine. Um, there's, I mean, this is when films were immersive. The, yeah. You know, you had a dope soundtrack. You had an MTV music video like Seal yeah. and Kiss, Kiss from a Rose. A full, a full media, you know, rollout here. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know. I, I, I do appreciate that. Now, now is what? At most, you have the Avengers have a Happy Meal, like. That's no, cute. the Avengers like just do commercial. They now they just like do crossover w- weird. I guess it's that same as what Taco Bell was doing. I, you know, now they still do that stuff. Like there were um, commercials for Jurassic World that had um, that had you know Malcolm fucking what is his actual what is the guy's name? Uh, you know, Malcolm? I'm gonna think of one. Doctor Malcolm in uh, in Jurassic Park. Uh, okay, what the fuck is his name? Uh, yeah, it's not coming to me. 
He, no, it, Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Good Goldblum's Lord. character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there were there was uh, commercials around Jurassic World for like a Jeep or something like that that I swear had more footage of Joel, J- uh, Jeff Goldblum than the actual movie did. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like so, these things like still do exist. Uh, right, right. I just feel like there's a million blockbusters every year, so nothing feels like it's that one. True. Big th- this event feel like of it took year. up. This felt like it took up a lot of the. This year. was '98. It was Lewinsky yeah. and uh, Lewinsky and Godzilla. Yeah, that's. It. Those are the two major events that happen, you guys. Yeah. Is, these are the two major events. So, anyways, oh, yeah. uh, 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 wrapping this up here, uh, Em, you were saying? Yep, go for it. Okay, so just wrapping this up here, uh, how, how high would you rank the amount of hoopla surrounding this movie? If you're a scale of one to five, where does this rank on a hoopla meter? Uh, starting <laughs> with you, Jack. I'm- on my hooplometer, I'd have to yeah, give it an easy five. I mean, easy five. this like this defined the year for me. I still remember it now. Yes, uh, it felt like America was Godzilla obsessed, or <laughs> you know, at the very least, you know that uh, uh, that was was effectively put into my brain as a twelve year old. So I'd have to <laughs> give it a full five of five on the hooplometer. And Ed? yeah, I'm gonna give this five large eggs inside <laughs> of Madison Square Garden. Nice. I think the hoopla was was big it was huge um i mean like there there was the the only like bigger cross promotion that i can think of in the 90s was when you know when burger king was giving away like a bridge for the bridges of madison county there was never (laughs) a bigger cross promotion in film history so also like remember style expert here hi how are you i i i think like i've never seen a more international fashion forward premiere Mm. you know in in the two podcasts that we've done oh well that's it ranks rather high and obviously for me i mean i'm I'm an advocate for this film and all its flaws i will defend this movie uh it's in, in terms of hoopla uh again I mean, I live and die by Taco Bell, and that might be very literal if uh, a few years from now, if, uh, you know, <laughs> reading my autopsy, so to say. But no, this, it's a five all around. I mean, you have Come With Me, which was performed by uh, Did, uh, Puff Daddy on SNL. It had the big music video, which Huge. again was like a production. You know, That was like an eight-minute long music video, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a long one. That one and... Uh, I, I believe Hate Me Now was also like a movie that had like Danny DeVito in it, you know. So this is just a movie that, uh, you know, encompassed so much. And I think it's even managed to overshadow one of the biggest things to happen in 1998, which was Microsoft 98. You know, how much anything else need be said there? It overshadowed Microsoft 98, which many of us still use today. So. Dude, this movie totally control alt deleted Microsoft mm. Windows 98. <laughs> oh <laughs> lord. Lord. Wow. I know guys, I'm such a nerd. <laughs> so Jack, hey, you know, uh, uh, yeah. here's a, here's a joke I was going to make earlier, but I just <laughs> didn't get it in. And you know, but you said that the number one movie of the year was Saving uh, a Private Ryan and obviously Patch Adams featured a scene where you saw uh, uh, Robin Williams, but so, you know, uh, it's clear that people would rather watch Saving Private Ryan than uh, seeing Robin's Privates. <laughs> oh. How about you know, that? Seeing Robin's fun, Privates? Funny, funny story. I, you know, I was once like at a, at a friend's apartment in Chicago, like in, in the 90s, long, long, long time ago. And they had a vending machine in the, like, 
I don't know. It was weird. They had a vending machine that you could rent porn from. I can't explain it. It was the 90s. These what? were sexy times. And Saving Ryan's Privates was one of the films of inside course. of there. <laughs> of course. Yeah. It's a classic, yeah. And, and Edward Penis Hands was in there, too. Well, yes. The, yeah, that's critically acclaimed Edward Penis Hands. I mean, I didn't rent them. I'm a style expert, not a pervert. But like, <laughs> not a horn dog. Um, yeah, I'm not horny. I'm just stylish. And... <laughs> But I uh, saving Ryan's privates, like I'm intrigued. What happened? <laughs> another podcast, right? That's another time. podcast or another time. Jack, where can they find you? Boy, uh, uh, yeah, you can find me on, on my podcast, Struggle Session, and that's at patreon.com slash struggle session. And you can also find me every morning on Jack AM. I do a morning show. Uh, that's at 7 a.m. Pacific uh, every weekday at twitch.tv slash Jack AM. Nice, nice, and I'm a fan of Jack AM. I did my first uh, media appearance was Jack AM. So as know. an appearance, because you had a written article at that point. Uh, yes, but your first oh, actual. Did I? Yes, okay, you, yeah, you had the one. You had the one. My from, second, uh, my second. Your one. second, okay. yeah, your second Gosh. media appearance. Yeah. Well, my my, my live. Uh, I mean, me speaking. <laughs> the first time night opening spoke. Because I'd right. been a mute for over 30 years, was on Jack AM. So, mm-hmm. and we played a little game where we guessed the premiere and whatnot. So, and uh, I, you'll be seeing both of us at BugCon. So, you know, BugCon 2019 is the uh, URL. Both uh, myself and Jack will be there. For our that is going to be huge. I, I really am excited for BugCon. I think yeah. you know a lot of people. Uh, uh, a lot of people, you know, wonder if it's real or not. It is very real, and uh, it's time to get your pass now. And it's the follow-up to Godzilla. It might be just <laughs> yeah, in a lot big, of ways, yeah. It's Godzilla. So, Em, any parting words for our listeners at home or on the road or wherever they are? Yeah, um, you know what, guys? Like, I, you know, I keep a pretty low profile. I got to do that. I got to keep my anonymity so that I can give you, you know, the the most unabridged, like, you know, real fashion, you know, critiques I can. We don't but- need Sarah Jessica Parker coming and holler at you, right? Yeah, I don't need a, a Manolo Blahnik in my eye. Um, but you know what? If you want to find me, you know, I'll be on the corner of 8th Avenue and 33rd Street, right outside of MSG, stand, <laughs> standing in front of the Dwayne Reed, you know, thinking about better times. Thinking about better times. Wow. And follow me on, you guys already follow me on Twitter. I, I don't need to say that. But I'm Night Openings with an S on Instagram. So follow me because I, I might not be on Twitter for long after uh, you guys just saw what happened. Uh, which and James Woods might still be on Twitter, so that's fun, you know. James yeah. Wood will outlast me on Twitter, perhaps. That's a Richard Saturday. Spencer. Richard yes. Spencer will still be on there. <laughs> st- ISIS, I guess. ISIS, still, <laughs> ISIS with their blue check mark will still be on, and I, I might not be, you guys. That's right. just the reality. But hopefully, I will be. And you can find right. me on Night Openings on tw- on Instagram and Night Opening on Twitter. And please give us five stars and uh, hit that heart on SoundCloud. We're on Spotify. SoundCloud, uh, iTunes, Stitcher now. So Windows 98. Windows 98, <laughs> and most importantly, Netscape. And as always, I will see you at the premiere.